Hey, hey, and welcome into the Big Ten Huddle. I'm your host, JR, and we're here to talk about all the things going on in the Big Ten. It's the preview episode, and we have exactly one game to preview because the regular season is over. It's finally here. It's over. The transfer portal is going crazy, and it's not even open yet, and guys are already entering and signing, and I don't even know what's going on, but we're doing our best to cover it. Uh, we're not going to talk too much about the transfer portal tonight. We're probably going gonna to talk more about the awards of the Big Ten, but we are going to preview Michigan and Iowa for you. I got my two guys here, Kent and Jason, to talk it over. Kent, go ahead and tell people who you are, where they can find you at. All right. My name is Kent Peterson. I am on Twitter at Casual Big Ten. I do my own podcast as well. Casual Big Ten podcast. It's on YouTube and everywhere else that you listen to podcasts. And uh, I think this is my third time on your show. I'm going to go down in Big Ten huddle history, dude. What, who's Who's got the record right now? Is it me? Um, It's either you or Russ. Russ comes on. For this is actually, yeah, well, it might be Russ then, but this is my third time as well. Yeah, so oh, Jason, I can't have this. Time. I'm coming back on next week then. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds good. Sounds good. And yeah, go do go check out Casual Big Ten. I, I love listening to Kent's content. He does a great job over there and he's fire on Twitter as well. So go follow him there. Appreciate uh, that. Jason, let people know where they can find you at and who you are. Yeah, dude. So Jason Robinson, the Victor's Nation, aka America's team. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter. You can find us on our pod YouTube channel, going to Spotify and Apple Pods eventually soon too, and TikTok. And you can also visit us on our website at thevictorsnation.com. I feel like you guys need to do some kind of like rebranding, like Victor's America or something like that. I don't know. I'm just throwing <laughs> out ideas here, you know. Team America, World Police, <laughs> Dash Michigan could do that. Yeah, yeah. So we'll talk about or something. I don't know. Uh, we'll see. <laughs> we'll see. We'll, we'll, we'll shop it around. So, all right. Uh, before we get started, please do like and subscribe. We appreciate that. And uh, if you're listening on podcast, please do give us a rating. We'd like to know what you think of the podcast. If there's things you think we can improve on, things we can do better. We appreciate that. And uh, it, also, please do be no be no please do know that we are brought to you by big banter sports big sports.com for all your big 10 media needs victor nation is another big banter podcast that you can find over at big sports.com all right guys let's get to the uh, indie or india yeah shoot the iowa and michigan game coming up um i think this is the largest favored uh championship game of the weekend michigan is favored by 22 um, the over under is 35. So I guess they're giving Iowa some points here. I don't know. Um, I I've seen a lot of people talk about this game and it seems pretty unanimous. People think Michigan's going to win. Uh, but I, I, you know, Iowa might have a chance just to keep it interesting, but yeah, I, I agree. I'm, I'm doing my best here. Jason, let us know. What are your general thoughts on this game? To, to be honest, I mean, Iowa always has a pretty stellar defense. Uh, points allowed, uh, they're in the top four, so fourth, Michigan's first in the country. Um, but their defense is always pretty good. I, th- I think they might keep it close, maybe the first few possessions on defense. But overall, I mean, their bread and butter was also special teams. And, and losing um, losing Cooper, so number three for Iowa, it, it's that's going to hurt. That, that obviously is going to hurt them a little bit. Um Eric Hall, which I was surprised. So we we just had a pod with um with Connor Barry from the inside inside the Nets, also a part of Big Banter. So check him out. Eric Hall is still leading their team in receiving yards, and he's been hurt since week seven against Wisconsin, which I thought oh was God. like, what the heck? And I also mentioned too, and it still drives me nuts. So like Dave McNamara, quote unquote. I hope we see him. I hope we see Michigan in the Big Ten championship. So the players, we've been hyped up for this game for a while. I mean, this is what we were kind of predicting that was going to be is a, you know, fairy tale ending. Eric All, Cade McNamara, ex-Michigan players, they play Michigan with Iowa. Both of them are out, obviously, now as well, too, but pretty hyped up for this game. Um, I think Iowa, I think they're going to start running the ball, try to get it open, but you're going to look at some pretty quick pretty quick throws from Iowa and maybe some desperate attempts downfield, maybe a couple trick plays. But as far as Michigan's defense goes, it's just not going to happen. If Iowa's going to come in thinking they have this underdog mentality, we've had distractions, right? We've had 
doubters the last three years and we've even put up the numbers we've even been a stellar top five team the last few years last three years i should say we have that underdog mentality regardless i don't care how good michigan is that's how we play football so they really can't use that card i'm thinking 44 michigan 13 iowa so we put up 42 to 3 on them in 2021 Put up 43 points against Purdue the year before. So last season, we're putting up 44. Jim is finally back. You can look at the scores the last three games. I know they've been challenges, right? But when he is on the field and when he was back after that first suspension, after the first three games, we were putting up in the 40s. We were putting up in the 50s. We were gelling. Our offensive line was clicking. I know we don't have a Zach Zenter right now. So 6'5", mad respect. Um, but we're seven to eight guys deep on that offensive line as well, too. And I don't think Iowa's defensive front's going to be able to apply pressure there. Jay Higgins, hell of a player for Iowa, 141 tackles. We're going to, we're going to get to his name, obviously to a first team, um, big 10 on defense, but, um, with Jim being back as well, too, and Tony Pietti handing him the trophy, that's what I'm envisioning right now. And that's what I see this point being right now. That's the dream. That's the dream, huh? Just watching Tony Petiti uh, give that. Yeah. You know, I yeah. yeah. There'll be lots of pictures, oh, I'm sure. Um yeah, no, I I, I think Zach Zinter's injury, obviously, I think that's gonna impact them in the playoffs. I don't think that's gonna impact them too much against Iowa. I mean, no disrespect to Iowa, yeah. but I think this more impacts some of their larger packages where they bring in six, seven offensive linemen. Uh, you know, maybe they don't go to those packages and they just fill in with a tight end or something like that. But Golson Loveland and AJ Barner, they're both really good blockers yeah. as well. So uh, I don't know if it really impacts this game too much. I would look more for if they play Washington or Florida state, somebody like that, um, possibly Oregon, you know, we'll see what happens. Uh, yeah, one of those teams that will impact that more. Uh, Kent, what are your thoughts on this game? Yeah, I, he hit on a lot. Jason hit on a lot of the same points that I would probably have said. I'm, uh, my, my score prediction, I think, is going to be 40-0. I just don't have a lot of faith in Iowa's offense. Um, and there's countless numbers of games that I could look back to, and it supports my thoughts on that because they struggled to score against Michigan State at home. They barely – they scored 13 last week on Nebraska. This is a Nebraska – defense that let uh michigan score what was it over 30 what was it in the nebraska game for michigan was it 41 i think in that game so um put up is 45 to 7 45 okay so uh, it's just an offense that i don't have a lot of faith in and as jason was saying michigan's defense a lot of people talking about iowa's defense and rightfully so because their defense is the reason why they're going to indianapolis in the first place but and special on the teams other at hand, first, too, which is non-factor now. What's that? And special teams, too, for Iowa has been pretty oh, yeah. solid, too. I'm not talking about the, just the punter. Yeah. Right, but, I mean, it's just a non-factor right now. Yeah, but I think what a lot of people are missing is how good Michigan's defense is. And maybe not a lot of people are missing it, but the talking point is really Iowa's defense and how it's gotten them to this point. But Michigan's defense is even better. So I think that you have a bad Iowa offense. You have a really elite Michigan defense and uh, I don't see Iowa scoring maybe at the end of the game um maybe just maybe I, but I I think if Michigan plays uh their starters the whole time which if it's 40 to 0 they're not going to do that but even if they don't their secondary guys I think can still hold them to a shutout um I like Michigan obviously a lot in this game I think everyone does I like the over in this game I bet the over as soon as the line came out and that is strictly based on how many points I think Michigan is going to score. It has nothing to do with Iowa whatsoever. Um, like I said, Michigan's defense too good. Iowa's offense too bad. Um, and Iowa's defense is good, but you look at, you know, Ohio State, second-ranked defense last week that Michigan went up against, and they scored 30 points on them. So uh, Michigan has no problem scoring points, and uh, they're definitely not going to have a problem doing it at a neutral site uh, this weekend with their head coach coming back in all the motivation in the world that they have going into this game. So I like Michigan big in this game. Yeah, yeah it's what crazy to think too, real real quick, just like, what was it, 2013, 2014? So when they established these divisions, so east and east and west, I mean, 
I know everyone's looking for a fairy tale ending. We're not going to have divisions next year finally in the Big Ten Conference. Like, can Iowa pull it off? Like, I'm telling you right now, that underdog card's not going to work in their favor. It's not going. It's not how Michigan plays in that mentality or physicality. But you know, a, a Big Ten West team has not won the Big Ten championship since establishing these divisions. It's only been Ever. legends and leaders, and we can't even talk about those divisions because they just suck. Back in the past. But yeah, it's it's just been crazy. I mean, this is Iowa's third Big Ten championship. Almost beat Michigan State. Almost beat Michigan State, but completely blown out in 2021. And we'll see what happens this um this coming Saturday as well, too. I feel like the thing I say about this game is the thing that I've been saying about the chance for every Michigan opponent this season, which is like, well, maybe if Michigan gets a little overconfident, but they've just not done it one single time this season. So, I mean, Michigan, this is one of the best cultures in the Big Ten. You can just tell, not just by how they play on the field, but how they, you know, talk off the field and, and all those things. So, I mean, this this is an amazing culture. The coaching staff has done an incredible job with getting these players not only to buy in to, like, working together, but, like, their roles, you know? I mean, um, guys really do not seem to care about their stats. They just seem to care about, did we get the win? So I, I really... I don't know if there is any possible way that Iowa wins this game. Maybe some fluky stuff happens. I, but but even then, it's like Michigan is just so much better, uh, and they, and and they're built so much different that I don't I don't see a way. Um, I've been saying it about all, Iowa all season long. Iowa is a team that is built to win the Big Ten West. That is what they're built to do, and that is the way the Kirk Ferentz coaches. And and all props in the world to Kirk Ferentz for winning the Big Ten West. But if you're built to win the Big Ten West, you're you're not you're not going to beat the uh, Iowa or uh, the the Penn State, the Ohio State, the Michigans. Uh, you're just not going to beat those teams over in the East. I mean, we we saw what happened earlier this season. Penn State won thirty-one to nothing. I can't imagine that Iowa scores maybe more than a field goal in this game. If I had to give a score prediction, I'd go forty-five to three, uh, just because I feel like if if they get anything, it's a field goal. So I think there is also yeah, something props to Iowa too. I mean, they, they had a lot of key injuries as well this year. Right. Props to yeah, them. Like a lot I said, of key they're, just, they're just built, they're to, built to do is that. Yeah. yeah. I agree. What were we going to say, Kent? I was just going to say, I think there's something to the fact that there's juniors on Michigan's team that have only played in the big 10 championship every year. They've been in college. Like this is their third year in a row now that uh, they're there. So there's, a comfort level from the guys with the experience that they've had. Now, Iowa was there two years ago, so they have a couple guys on their roster as well that have also been there. But um, just something to be said about knowing how to go to the Big Ten Championship and knowing how to win it. They've already done it twice in a row. Like, I just it's I just don't see it happening. I don't see a close game. I don't see an upset whatsoever. I would be really surprised um, if that happened. Yeah, Even yeah. when Cade McNamara was out there, so I mean their offense still wasn't clicking, right? I mean it just it just wasn't in there. But Cade is a motivator, um, you know. But him and Eric all are going to be on the sidelines watching this game, and that's pretty much all they're going to be able to do. And you know, and I, I know Cade's interview is like, well, you know, some of their plays and little. I mean, you've had game film all season. What's your point? It doesn't really matter what you know. You still have to stop it. Maybe he's essentially been going to the games. Mm. and videoing. I mean, hey, that's advanced sign stealing. I've actually brought that up with somebody, though. Like, is it illegal? Because I know the rule says that coaches can't do it. Can players not do it? Why can't players go? I don't know. Let's do that. Let's I mean, get that started. Healthy, if it's a healthy scratch. <laughs> I have yeah. seen that rule torn apart so many different ways by Ohio State fans and Michigan fans. It's great. Everybody, it's, it's great. The, we're not going to get into no, it, but it is gray, no, yeah, it is gray, it. gray, gray. Yeah, yeah. We don't. I, at the end of the day, all that really matters is what the NCAA looks at it and says, you know. And unfortunately, the NCAA can basically do whatever they want because they're the NCAA. Hopefully, they're gone in five years because they suck. All right, moving on. Let's get to the Big Ten Offensive Awards. I have the sheet pulled up right here, so we have some of them to reference. Um, the oh, it's cutting it off up here. The I'm not even going to mention the names because they're hard to 
go through all of them, but the offensive player of the year, surprising to me, was Marvin Harrison Jr. from Ohio State. I really thought either J.J. McCarthy or Blake Corum locked that up after the Michigan-Ohio State game. J.J. McCarthy did end up winning quarterback of the year, receiver of the year, obviously, Marvin Harrison Jr., running back of the year, Blake Corum, and then tight end of the year, Cade Stover, was also surprised by that one. I thought that one was going to Colston Loveland. Yeah, I Um, thought so, too. Yeah, yeah, and I'm sure we'll get into that a little bit, but offensive lineman uh, of the year, Olu Fashano, um, there, there are multiple guys I would have considered for that, and, and you know, Olu, he, he, he had a wonderful year pass blocking. I think his run blocking was a little questionable to be lineman of the year, but, you know, these are these are who they voted for, so, uh, Kent, let's go to you first. Any questions on guys who won these awards? No, I think that for the most part, they're correct. They made the right choice. I would say that if I had to, and since we're just here bantering, and uh, I will at this point, um, I thought that maybe Tua with the quarterback of the year, he had some really good stats this year, some of them even better than JJ's. And for him to take the all-time Big Ten leader in um, passing yards is what I'm trying to get at this past weekend maybe a legacy award for him at this point would have been nice. But um, besides that though, I really liked a lot of what they chose for the offensive side of the ball. Um, I heard some people saying maybe Kyle Manungai cause he had the most yards, but mm-hmm. at the running back yeah. position, Blake Corum had what 22 touchdowns. I mean, yeah, I don't care if he scored them from the one inch line every time it's, it's six points, 22 <laughs> times. Like that's that guy a single season. It record for the university too for that specific football program so yeah so he definitely gets it uh i didn't mind uh jr you said you were kind of surprised offensive player of the year going to marvin harrison i thought he was the best offensive player he was the most unstoppable he was the hardest to guard um and he did the most for his team i thought this year so i didn't have a problem with that at all i think overall they did a pretty good job but uh you know, anytime these awards come out, there's going to be fan bases that are upset about it. And it none, uh, <laughs> just doesn't matter what people say, honestly. And to be frank, the, the awards really don't matter at this point. It's just it's something nice to do for the kids and for the players. But uh, at the end of the day, it just comes down to the wins and losses. So uh, I was I was OK with what everything that they chose. Hey, we're going to review these awards. They really don't matter, but we're going to review. I mean, I mean, they don't though, right? I know, I know. I'm just messing with you. <laughs> it's fun um, to talk about, but they don't really matter. Yeah. yeah, no. And I see what you're saying about Marvin Harrison Jr. I I if I had a vote, I probably would have voted for Marvin Harrison Jr. Same. as well, but I could have seen a lot of people voting for a Blake Corum or a JJ McCarthy after that Michigan game seeing them, you know, uh, you know, have the offensive performance that they did against one of the best defenses in the nation. And it's very possible too that some people really like JJ McCarthy, some people really like Blake Corum, and that kind of split and mm. you know, the other people who liked Marvin Harrison Jr. just kind of won out there. There. So, uh, Jason, what are your thoughts on some of these offensive individual player awards? Yeah, pretty pretty similar to um, what your guys are saying. Oh, we lost him. Uh-oh, we lost Jason. <laughs> well, we'll get his thoughts. You want me uh, to fill in for his time. thoughts? He was, yeah. pretty sim- he was pretty similar with what we were saying. <laughs> he was. Um, I do want to talk, while we get Jason back in here, I do want to talk about Cade Stover, tight end of the year. Um, yeah because and we'll get to these guys later on but down here at the um offensive player of the year first team Colston Loveland yeah so uh, and I know this is the coaches so you know we go down here to the the media and the media did vote Cade Stover so you know that's a that's a thing there but I I was just looking at the votes there, I was surprised to see Cade Stover get it, even though the col- the coaches voted Colston Loveland tied into the year. Um, do you have any strong feelings either way about who should be tied into the year? Well, let me ask you this first, because this is going to show my casualness just a little bit. You said that the coaches choose the first, second, and third teams, and then who decides the players of the year then? How does that get decided? I think the players of the year is the media. I need to go okay. back and check my email, but I'll I'll check that uh, while Jason is talking. Jason, you cut out there. Yeah, uh, sorry, guys. Your You're good, dude. Okay. Yeah, so I'm not surprised by Blake Corum at all. Uh, definitely well-deserved. 
Uh, neither JJ, but I, I do agree. I do agree with you guys too on um, Tagovailoa. I mean, he had a hell of a year. Led the Big Ten in passing yards, right? I mean, he, he probably definitely should have been in this considered consideration. But I mean, JJ ended up winning more games, so I think that's why he got it. Um, so not surprised by the pick, but I wouldn't have been surprised if I saw Tagovailoa right there from Maryland. Um. As far as tight end, I think, and, and Harrison Jr., I'm not really surprised about. I think, you know, close first, I think Blake Corum's up there in that consideration, too. Um, and I know, JR, you mentioned JJ as well, too. But I think that maybe that Bowling Green game, um, you know, that Maryland game as well, too, maybe kind of sealed the deal on that for, mm-hmm. for that award. But tight end, I don't know, man. I, I think that's my most surprising one. Offense alignment as well, too. Um, it's not crazy surprising. That guy for Penn State is a hell of an athlete. It's well-deserved. I'm not surprised by it. Um, but, I mean, got to throw Zach Zenter's name out there. For most of the year, I mean, he hasn't really allowed a, 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 a sack, a, a pass rush. I mean, that guy is an absolute beast. Probably one of the best, if not the best, off- or offensive guard in the country. So I'm surprised his name isn't up there. Um, but as far as tight end, I think that's my most surprising. Um, I, I know Kane's got talent there at that position, but as far as Colson Loveland, his sophomore year, I mean, you're looking at the next Bowers from Georgia. I mean, I don't understand how he's not in consideration. I mean, I'm sure he was, but I'm, I'm just surprised at how he did not end up with that tight end of the year of a big time award. I think his name needs to be there. Yeah, I was also surprised because Cade Stover did miss time too. And normally, if you miss some time, yeah, makes it a little difficult uh, to to make that happen. But but you know, hey, Michigan players basically miss time since they never played the fourth quarter until like the last three weeks of the season. So (laughs) I guess you could say they missed time as well. We had Uh, some trash time this year. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Kent, I did check it, and it says that the individual postseason awards are voted on by conference coaches, a select media panel, and um, team honors individuals. So I don't know who the team honor individuals are. I guess there's maybe a couple extra coaches or something like that in there. It was me. I was the representative from Northwestern. Yeah, they called me in. I'm the reason Marvin Harrison got that, by the way. Are you? Okay. Yeah, Excellent. yeah, yeah. That was All me. Right. Well, thank you for your contribution, Kent. Hey, no problem. Anything I could do to help the conference, man. <laughs> uh, did you write on He's the, just spreading the, the love around, too. I appreciate it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I think, I, I think Olu Fashanu, like, like you said, Jason, he, he's very deserving. I just, I look at that yeah. and I think to myself, there, there was probably a list of four or five different guys who could have got there as well. Uh, Glaze for Maryland, he was a really underrated offensive lineman yeah. uh, this year, a tackle. He, he was really, really good. And I don't think people realize how good he was. Um, in addition to Zach Zenter not allowing a pressure like all year, uh, him and Matthew Jones were right there together. Matthew Jones from Ohio State, they, they both had a ton of snaps and weren't allowing pressures i think they both allowed a final pressure in like week 12 or something like that so they did eventually it's like they have like they have the names and we do it to every media outlet sports media outlets they have the names it's like and that plays a toll like well we already were going to give them this anyways so exactly i mean mean, it's still well deserved but um the tight end one kind of it doesn't bother me but it's just i think that was just a little surprising Right, right. No, I get that for sure. I and I, I think I told somebody on Twitter I could have gone either way. Colson Loveland or Cade Stover. I think both of them deserved it. Either one, you know, would have been fine. So I actually voted for Corey Deitches on that. So Did I might have okay. messed up that vote for you guys. I'm sorry. Hey, I apologize. I'm just well. a big fan of his. I don't know. I just <laughs> I don't know. I'm a big fan. Yeah. I, I feel like it would be a fun exercise to like go through and not give Ohio State or Michigan any of these awards. <laughs> like how <laughs> Yeah. Like if we just took out our uh, I, Michigan players. <laughs> all right, let's do it real quick. Who's your quarterback? Would be Tulia. Tulia, yeah, yeah, that, yeah, that would be an obvious one. Running back, uh, Kyle Manungai. Yep, uh, Manungai, yeah, Rutgers or Braylon Allen, but he was hurt most of the season. So, uh, receiver of the year, um, William, not Michigan or Ohio well, State. Isaiah Williams from Illinois. Yeah. Yeah, because he was on the probably have to go him. Oh, you know who I would vote for? Actually, I would vote for uh, Cam Johnson from Northwestern because he was on my podcast last week. There you go. So he would he would get my vote. (laughs) Yeah, give him the vote. Uh, Tight end. You you say Corey Deitches there? 
Yeah, Corey Deitches all day at tight end. Like, he's awesome. So I'm going to call it some wobble, and I'm going to break the rules here. Yeah. Oh, hey, whoa, man. whoa, 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 man. whoa. Jason just doesn't care about the rules. Um, okay, and then offensive lineman, pick somebody not Olu or uh, Ohio State, Michigan. I mean, I'm going to say uh, Jeff Smith because I don't know a single offensive lineman name. <laughs> and he plays, the guy I, I don't know who he Maryland. plays for. The glaze guy. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, well, when you look at the uh, kind of the offensive explosion guys or the uh, the explosive offenses, uh, that's kind of what you look at there is Maryland, Ohio State, and Michigan. And Pitt State was good offense. They were just never explosive in big games. So, all right, let's look at defensive players. So, defensive players, we have Jerzon Newton, Johnny Newton from Illinois, won Defensive Player of the Year, uh, Dylan Thiemann won the freshman of the year. It's not exactly a defensive award, but he is a defensive player. Um, by the way, David Braun did win coach of the year, both the coaches and the media. So props to him. Defensive lineman of the year, Jazan Johnny Newton again. Uh, linebacker of the year was surprised by this one. Tommy Eichenberg from Ohio State. Defensive back of the year, Cooper DeGene, Iowa. And then if we want to talk some special teams, we can. Kicker of the year, Dragon. I don't even know how to say his last name. The guy from Minnesota, Keish Kitsch. Um, and then punter of the year, obviously, Tory Taylor. Return specialist of the year, obviously, Cooper DeGene. Um, Jason, let's go to you first. Any thoughts on these defensive players these year? Uh, maybe defense alignment of the year. I, I know like, I, I know Newton's a stud, but at, at the same time, I was a little shocked by that, the way Michigan's played. But it's it's looked a little bit different with Michigan since teams, you know, they've met Hutchinson, they've met David Ajabo, and they get the ball out pretty quick the last, like, season and a half. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, Chris Jenkins as well, too, absolute stud. Um, I'm not debating it too much. I know the guy's a hell of an athlete, but um, I think I would have went different there. I think there's other players in the Big Ten that might have been up in conversation with the defense alignment of the year. But he's also kind of name recognition, right? I mean, yeah, he was you know kind of the guy to Illinois the entire year, and he came back, and everybody was excited for him. Not to say he doesn't deserve it; he deserves and, it, you know. Oh, no, he definitely, he definitely, yeah. he definitely does. Um, Tommy Eichenberg is another guy. I mean, I know he's well deserved of it. I mean, the guy's a freak, right? I mean, he's an absolute stud mm-hmm. on the gridiron, but. Yeah, I hate to talk about Michigan more, but I'm a Michigan fan. But I think we had some studs in that linebacker. Junior Colson's another guy that you could have definitely brought up in that conversation as well, too. But Mike Barrett, man, Mike E.B., I mean, you could have brought him in. That is a freaking snub that he got third team all yeah, Big we'll, Ten defense. No, I know we'll get there, we'll but get I got to mention it. That's that's BS. That is BS. But um, defensive back of the year, uh, Cooper DeGean, um, all the special teams player, all the defensive back, you know, uh, hopefully he's, he's getting healthier. I, I know he's out for the remainder of the season. So thoughts, prayers to him and his injury for recovery. But, um, man, I would have put up Mikey Sandistrill for Michigan. Yeah. I'm being yeah. biased. I don't care. Like Mikey Sandistrill. Five interceptions, two clutch ones against Maryland as well, too. I mean, you can even put Will Johnson in that conversation as well, uh, both of them being first-team defense. But um, that one was – all these guys are are deserved of this award for a reason, but um, it's just hard to pick from all these players because I think everyone's got their own opinion. I think there's – it could be other conversations that could be had here on some of these. Right. Yeah. No, I think, I, I think Will Johnson and Mike Sanders still would be good names as well. I think Sanders still led the Big Ten in, uh, interception touchdowns or something like that at one point. Yeah. Yeah. Like two, I believe yeah. two. So Sonny's here says really happy for Newton, triple teamed all year long. For sure, Sonny. Yeah. I mean, Newton, like we said, very, very deserving defensive yeah. player of the year as well as lineman of the year. I don't think anybody's questioning if he deserved it or not. Just some additional names to think about uh, because, you know, Jazan did get the love all season long. Uh, Kent, what do you think about these uh, defensive players of the year? Yeah, I'm fine with it. I don't I don't follow like, you know, I'm, my name is casual Big Ten on Twitter, so I don't follow the defensive guys as much. I will say that uh, one guy that I do want to mention that I talked about over the summertime was a transfer coming into Indiana. Now, I know Indiana 
had a lot of opportunities on defense, so his numbers might be a little inflated. But Casey, or I'm sorry, Aaron Casey from Indiana coming in uh, his first year at Indiana um, had a really big year. But overall, like I said, don't follow it as closely. I mean, I recognize all the names that you guys are talking about, but I don't have a problem with anything that they chose for uh, these players of the year. As far as that goes, I, I'm sorry, I'm not giving you a little bit more on that, man. I wish I, I wish I could get on here and just say, man, I wish this guy could have won. But uh, yeah, I just don't know enough guys. I, I will say, like, uh, to follow up what you said at the linebacker spot too. I saw a tweet thread about uh, Jay Higgins and Tommy Eichenberg comparing stats, and I know that Jay Higgins had much better stats, but it goes back yeah, to what I just someone said. I should have mentioned. Yeah, uh, it just goes back a little bit to what uh, I just said about. You know, Aaron Casey, Iowa was on the field so much, so they had a lot more opportunities on defense. Uh, JR, we talked about that before we started recording than Ohio State did. So um, don't have a problem with him getting linebacker of the year either uh, at that position. Well, it's, you know, it's just the the nature of Iowa having the offense that they have and the defense that they have is, you know, their defense is just going to get so many more snaps than other people. Now, do you take that away from Jay Higgins? No, by no means do you do that. Jay Higgins, you know, he, he made tons of tackles this year uh, for him to have the 141. Right. I mean, like, that's absolutely ridiculous. Uh, mm-hmm. that not only would he make that many tackles, but that he's on the field for that many snaps, doing it that many times. Uh, a couple of guys I do want to mention that I think are a little underrated. I was kind of high on them all season long. Uh, were uh, Nick Sorton, I think is how you say it, from Purdue, and uh, Kajon Jenkins. Uh, those two guys led the uh, Big Ten in sacks for a good amount of the year, and I, I think they still do. I didn't check that before I came on. Uh, and both of them were leading the Big Ten in pressures as well. So, um, you know, Purdue, obviously, this year was not known for their defense. It was not a great defense, but they were really getting after the quarterback, pressuring them. Uh, And I even think, you know, J.J. McCarthy was feeling it a little bit in his game as well. Now, J.J. still had a great game. Don't get me wrong. But, you know, they were really the first team that was starting to put pressure on J.J. McCarthy. And with the offensive line that Michigan has, that's an impressive feat to be able to do that. So I do want to mention those guys as well, because I think they... Uh, even Yeah, even Indiana was applying that pressure as well. Too. I mean, Aaron Casey was up there with six and a half sacks, but Nick uh, Scorton from Purdue led the Big Ten in 10. Yeah. 10 sacks. And Indiana had a defensive end. I don't know why I'm not can't remember his name right now he they had a defensive end that transferred in from western michigan that had a good season too um like i said i can't remember his name right now but uh he had a really good season as well so he's one that you know i obviously i don't think he should have won defensive lineman of the year but is it lanelle carr no okay i'm just looking at the sack stats right now so i just i think the defensive side of things guys it's just like there's a there's a lot of good defense in the big time this year right I mean, well, that's that's what the West specializes on, you know. So, yeah, I was a little disappointed to not see Tyler Newbin. Um, obviously, like I said, Cooper DeGene. Oh yeah, it. but Tyler Newbin, he had a great year too. There were some, there were some, you know, bad plays he made that were kind of costly for Minnesota, and that sucks because I think when you make those plays, like that's what people remember. I don't think people remember like how good you were snap or snap for snap. Um, but you know, Tyler Newbin, I think people kind of slept on him all season long. He was one of the better safeties, not just in the big 10, but in the nation. So, all right, let's get to the big 10 offensive all conference. All right. So we got three teams here. Um, and we got some honorable mentions down here if we want to like get to those at all. But essentially, this is who the coaches selected. I think we'll just go with that. The media selected some down there uh, as well. So I can look at that if we want to. But here's what the coaches selected. I don't want to list off every single team for the listeners. But I will list off the first team for you just because there are so many names. Uh, JJ McCarthy, first team quarterback. Blake Corum and Travion Henderson are your first team running backs. Isaiah Williams from Illinois. Marvin Harrison Jr. are your receivers. Center is Drake Nugent from Michigan. Had a very underrated year. Drake Nugent was outstanding this year, and I don't think he got enough credit yeah. for it. Uh, Zach Center, guard from Michigan. Donovan Jackson from Ohio State. Uh, the tackle, Ladarius Henderson from Michigan, Olufashanu from Penn State, and Colson Loveland was a tight end from Michigan on the first team. Kent, did you have any thoughts on the offensive first, second, or third team? I mean, 
I look at that first team right there, and I just wonder, like, if you could just build an NFL team just around those guys, what it would look like. It would be really fun to watch. Like, just start a franchise and just call it the Big Ten whatever, you know, put it in Indianapolis. I guess they already have a team. Put it in, put a second team in Chicago. Let's do it. We can and, get rid of the Colts. Uh, we'll call it's it, okay. We can get yeah, rid what's of that? We can get rid of the Colts. I'm a Colts fan. Yeah. Okay, go. Go. yeah, we could do that. Just put no. this team out there instead. <laughs> No, but going down the list, though, man, I mean, those are just all great players. I think that, you know, I was really high on Travion Henderson, especially towards the end of the year, like the last five weeks. He started really turning it on, I thought. And uh, I know he battled a little bit of some injuries. And then at the beginning of the year, they were kind of going by committee, uh, just trying to figure out exactly what they were going to do. And I know they still use different backs, like even in the last game that they played. But um I think if things shake out a little bit differently for him this year, he might have been the best back in the entire conference. So I like that he's still on first team. Um, obviously, Blake Corum deserves it. J.J. McCarthy I already talked about how Tua might have been first team just because of the stats that he put up this year. And then, uh, you know, obviously, Marvin. I mean, pretty some of these were just so obvious that it was like I, I you can't not really agree with them. So I like that first team, man. It's just a lot of great players. And it was really fun to watch them this year. Yeah, for sure. I mean, like you said, there's NFL talent all over this first team. Travion Henderson is going to be a high pick because of his athleticism. Blake Corn's not going to be a super high pick, but he's going to be a guy that's going to get to a team and he's going to produce in a very specialized role for them in good ways. So he's going to be kind of an underrated draft pick. And, you know, it, it's just the NFL draft is so much about athleticism and youth and those kind of things. And, you know, Blake Corn doing what, four years at Michigan? I don't think he did a fifth year. Uh, he, he's just going to be a little bit more underrated in that but but you're exactly right there's a ton of nfl talent here jj mccarthy might go first round um first round or second round probably uh but there's also enough teams need it so yeah i mean we'll see how much they want uh quarterbacks but uh jason what were your thoughts on these teams yeah i mean i think i think kyle monogni i mean could have made first team but the amount of carries and attempts that he had as well, too. And I think Henderson did deserve that first team ballot as well there, too. So I'm not really going to dispute that. Manunga had a hell of a year, though. But I want to give him credit. Um, offensive line, I mean, Michigan really taking that home to a point. Um, I mean, we're about like seven to eight, maybe nine guys deep on that offensive front. So really not surprised there that we got most of those wards. Then you see Colson Loveland first team, but then Cade still forgot the tight end award, tight end of the year award in Big Ten, which I'm trying to like make sense of it. I guess I can't, but I'm well, just still kind of confused. I think we talked about it when you were gone. I think we talked about it when you were gone on the media team down here. Cade Stover got first mm-hmm. team. So there was something weird That's about the, the way the coaches and the media were voting. What? There was something there. But yeah, anyway, sorry, I'll go back up here so you can keep going. Yeah, so, I mean, I'm really not surprised by this first team at all. Mm-hmm. And Ken, like Ken was saying, too, I mean, if you can make an NFL team, so what are we, are we moving the Colts? They're gone. Yeah. Um, <laughs> please, maybe please, do a please. rebrand as well, too. But, um, they can keep Anthony but, yeah, Richardson. This is, but... Yeah. <laughs> but we maybe need JJ healthy. to back him up for when he gets hurt. Yeah, JJ's going to be starting, my man. JJ's going to be starting. But, uh, yeah, like Ken was saying, too, I think Tagovailoa could have made first team as well, too. I mean, and, and you know, you can't tell me they, they don't go off of wins as well, too, especially in key games. And he didn't he produced, but he couldn't get it done. And um, I think J.J. looked like a better quarterback all year compared to that. So We didn't really talk about uh, the freshman of the year as well. Went to defensive back Dylan, I think it's Thieneman. Thieneman, yeah. And I thought that if we're going to talk about snubs, that's the most outrageous one that Kyle, Mon- Kyle Manungai did not get that award. Yeah. Can they, like, hate him or something? This makes sense. What's that? He's Kyle Manunga. Well, he's a junior. What? I thought Kyle he was a, is a junior. No, was who say, am I, I thinking of that's a freshman then? Uh, Morgan from of. Michigan. Um, no, it's one of the, it's one of the red teams. One of the red teams. <laughs> too many damn red teams. <laughs> got too many red teams up in here. Why did I think? I swore he was a freshman. That's why I was so was impressed there? with his stats all year. Dude, I've been going through this whole season thinking he's a freshman. Me nuts. Really Did showing, he ever no. play? You're really showing your casual here, Kent. Dude, and that's exactly why I'm called that. 
just in case. Uh, Dude, no, Darius Taylor is the Minnesota back that was a freshman that was killing it, and then he got hurt. Yeah, yeah, he came out of nowhere. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, he played okay. five games, I think five of the first six games or the first five games, something like that. And he, I mean, he still is like up there as one of the, <laughs> he still has almost 600 yards and he only played in five games. Well, then I'm a damn I know, idiot. I, know I take back everything I just said. But Jalen, Jalen Lucas, software from Indiana is actually absolute speedster too. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm, I'm looking forward to maybe, I mean, not against Michigan, but I'm looking forward to seeing him on this list. And maybe in the next year or two. So I think he was third team. Um, where's he at? Return specialist. Offense. Yeah. Oh no, that was Tracy. Uh, I think he must have been media third team. Yeah, he didn't put up as many stats as I yeah, thought Jay he Lucas. would this year, but he was uh just he, he's he is freaking quick. He did have that kick return against Purdue. That was really impressive. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So, all right. Um, I do want to point out, give Iowa some credit here. They uh, completely took away the third team uh, it's internal of the offensive line here. So, um, you know, props to Iowa for their uh, internal offensive line. And I and I do think I want to give credit to Dion Burks as well from Purdue. He was a really good wide receiver. He's in the transfer portal now, so we'll see what he does. Um, I do think this season we're going to see more guys go into the portal but still come back. I, you know, There's just too many guys going in for them all to go somewhere. Um, but, man, what a disappointment for Emeka Ibuka. I mean, he was regarded as, like, one of the best wide receivers in the nation. I know he was hurt for a little bit, so, you know, we do have to, like, re- yeah. reference that. But still, like... He had a huge drop in the game against Michigan, and once he came back from injury, he just never never looked the same. Um, so, I mean, he's probably still going to be like a high draft pick and stuff like that, but um, was really surprised to see him on the third team. And I can't remember the last time that an Ohio State quarterback was third team in the Big Ten. Um, that That's surprising, and, and I know that the Ohio State fan base is not, not too happy with Kyle McCord right now. So... I mean, hey, you could get Washington State's court. You could get Ward Jr. <laughs> yeah, we'll I still see. wouldn't take him, but go we'll for it. We'll see if they go after Cam Ward. <laughs> All right, let's move on to our last part here, Big Ten All-Defensive Conference team. Uh, so we have the first team and the second team here. Kent, I know that you are casual, so you might not have a lot of thoughts on the defensive team, but uh, what what thoughts do you have? I'm still trying to figure out who that freshman running back is that I got mixed up with Kyle Manungai the whole time. Is it Minnesota? Um, is it Taylor? It wasn't Taylor. I swear it was someone from Maryland or Rutgers, so I can't figure it out. I don't know what I was thinking this whole year. Oh, uh, it doesn't matter, though. Uh, the defensive side, uh, Chop Robinson, one of my favorite guys named to say. So I think that he was awesome and uh, obviously deserves to be on first team just based off of his name. And then Newton, you guys already talked about him, had an awesome year. Will Johnson, first team. Um, and then Tyler Newbin. I think Tyler Newbin, and now like I'm extremely untrustworthy, but I think he's the all-time uh, leading interceptor at Minnesota at this point. Oh, really? That could be factual. I, I feel like I heard that during a game. So I'm just pulling up stuff that I think I heard. So uh, Tyler Newbin, much deserved. But yeah, great first team once again. Let's put that offense and defense all together and just make one NFL team, and I think it's going to be great, man. It's going to be a great team. I can't wait to see it. We'll have to track that. For I think he's had like guys. 13. I think he's had 13 in his career, I believe. Newbin? Interceptions. Newbin, yes. Tyler Newbin. See, I'm looking all this stuff up now. Let's see. Let's see. It says 13. The goal, the go for safety set a school Okay, so is it for a season career. then? No, career interceptions. Uh, he's had five this year, which is the most he's ever had. Yeah. Sports Illustrated put out that he, he had a record for career interceptions for Minnesota. 13. I'm back. I'm back. Credibility is back. <laughs> you knew what you were talking about. That's right. That's right. Uh, Jason, you have any thoughts on these defensive players? Yeah, I mean, I think this is, again, all well-deserved. I mean, there's too many athletes this year to even look at. Um, So first team, really no complaints. Like Cooper DeGean, hell of an athlete, hell of a special teams player. But, I mean, Mikey Sanistro, Mikey S not getting on first team, I'm going to have to disagree with that one. 
I don't get that one. Would you take Will Johnson off absolute... to put him on? I was gonna say, who would you replace? Dude, him oh my god, that's a tough question. No, I'd like them both on first team. I couldn't, I couldn't remove one or the other. But Mikey Sanish, he lays the wood. I mean, he is a ball hawk as well too. Five interceptions. I know the most. I think two players tied with six. I think Wisconsin and a guy from Purdue, but. Um, I just don't understand why Mikey Sanders still is not on the first team. I don't, I don't understand that part. Mason Graham for sure. And why Mason Graham is so good. It's a hell of a high school wrestler coming to Michigan as well, too. So what he can do with his hands, the plays that he can make his speed, his legs, um, just an absolute stud, um, sophomore season too. So definitely looking forward to him more on this list, maybe in another year he's gone, maybe he stays another two. We'll see. But, um, but overall, really no complaints. I mean, just absolute studs. And um, just as a Michigan fan, I mean, I see Jira Coleslin, um, second team. Um, really no star defense or offense. I mean, everyone kind of contributes here and there per game. But, man, Mike Barrett, too, like third team. I know I kind of mentioned it before we started or while we were starting to record earlier on. I'm just kind of surprised he made third team. He's got to be up there. I just don't get that part either. I think that defensive back spot now that i'm really digging into who's on second and third team had to have been the toughest decisions to make because it's really tough to take anybody off of the first team to put mikey on there or you know like like dylan uh t i'm gonna call him from purdue he had a great year as well and like kaylin king i think if you had a penn state fan on right now he would be arguing for him to be on first team so i just think that there's there was just too many spots too many good players for oh, not wow. enough spots. Yeah, it just makes it really tough. I think that it's an honor for that position as much as any in the Big Ten to be even on second or third team. And Thieneman, he had the uh, most, well, tied for the most interceptions on the season because he got two um, against Indiana uh, the last game of the season. So him and Ricardo Hallman, which that was the one I was going to mention. Six, yeah. I would have loved to see Ricardo him. Hallman on, Me too. you know, first second or third team because I, I mean you don't you don't lead the big 10 interceptions by accident like you have to be a ball hawk to be able to do that um yeah. and i i just really think that that's a huge huge stat i i don't know who i would have gotten rid of maybe hardy i think hardy was kind of a bit overrated this year uh don't get me wrong i think he's i think he's good but i think there's guys who are better than him um but yeah really really interesting um who was the other guy I was going to ask about? Um, Kenneth Grant. I'm like, you know, I'm not, I'm not surprised on second yeah. team, but man, I, I want to give him the rock though. Like let, let him run for 70 yards. The guy's like 300 plus pounds and he runs like the wind. Give him I, the damn ball. I was going to point out that on three put out a Heisman hopeful list and he was number 10 on yeah. Kenneth Grant. <laughs> yeah. And then the big 10 puts out their all conference team and he's second team. It's like, what? <laughs> Was he the guy, the highlight from the Penn State game? Yeah, that yes. like was going viral. Um, and and if you if you watch the um, Rutgers at uh, Michigan game, he's the one that ran with Mike Sanister when he picked the ball off at the fifty yard line and he shut the quarterback down. <laughs> oh my god! So that's awesome. He's he's quick. He could stay with these guys. He's fast. Just give him the ball. Let him run for seventy yards. Touchdown. And then there's a, North- a lot of talent, a lot of talent on defense in the Big Ten this year. Sure. So all these are awards are well deserved, for sure. Well deserved. There's a Northwestern linebacker I wanted to highlight too, uh, Xander. Uh, man, I can't remember his name. M- Mular or something like that. I'll have to search it here. But uh, he had a really good season, uh, and he was kind of underrated this year. Yeah, Mueller, Xander Mueller. Uh, he 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 just had a good season this year. I think he was a little bit underrated. Uh, he didn't quite get the pressures on the quarterback, but over seventy tackles. You know, just a a good defender for Northwestern that was able to really help them along the way. I think Bryce Bryce Gallagher, you know, deserved it. One hundred ten tackles. At, yeah, he yeah. got a lot of tackles this year. Yeah. So, um, and Trey yeah. still from Maryland, absolute stud as well too. Um, yeah, maybe. Maybe close to that first team list as well. Didn't he drop an interception against JJ, or was that another? Guy? Yeah, but he, he had it. But um, I mean, he still had. I mean, dude, he still had a pretty damn good year. No, yeah, for sure. I, I'm just for, saying, like he he got there. Not, he, even, yeah, not many guys didn't even get their ball. 
not not many guys can even get their hands on the ball against JJ. So you know, even to just get your hands there to to break it up or get close to interception. Yeah, when he dropped that though, he dropped off the list. That's what happened. That's he what dropped happened. it down a full team as soon as he dropped that. Chat was there. He knows. Yeah, that was what was talked about. You were you were helping. Him I was in the room. Yeah. <laughs> Don't forget, I'm the Northwestern representative. Yeah. Um. Let's talk through special teams just for a minute. See what you guys think on this kicker. Uh, first team was uh, Dragon Kashish again. I don't know how to pronounce his name. Punter Toy Taylor, return specialist uh, Cooper DeGene. Second team was James Turner from Michigan. Jaden Fielding from Ohio State. I feel like James Turner won that over Jaden Fielding in the game, considering he he played better than Fielding. Um, and then Eckley from Michigan State. Hardy from Penn State was the return specialist. And then third team, Drew Stevens from Iowa. Alex Felkin from Penn State were the kickers. Tommy Duman from Michigan was the punter. And Tyron Tracy Jr. from Purdue was the third team specialist. Jason, you have any thoughts on these guys? Um, really no debate here. I mean, Minnesota's um, dragging out like he had a hell of a year this year. Um James Turner as well too. I know James really he missed that field. He made that field goal, and then we called it tight. Sharon Moore called that timeout, and he missed it. But I mean, really, no debate here. I mean, all these all these teams have had solid special teams all year, as beside just in regards specifically to the kicking game, punting. Not surprised by Iowa. Not really yeah. surprised by Michigan State. Um, Tommy wow. from Michigan. <laughs> Take a shot in the dark, Ken. <laughs> um, Tommy from Michigan, um, Dolman, he, he's, he had that crazy kick in Maryland. He had another one against Ohio State as well, too. I mean, he has had a hell of a year hunting the ball like, accurately and putting it right where he wants it to. So, like, overall, very impressed with him. Um you I know, swear he watched Taylor highlights before before the- he must have, but like you know, we had Brad Robbins for a while. You know, it's like who's our next punter? You get so used to these guys, you know. And yeah, I mean, he's definitely taken that spotlight on it, and he's killed it. Return specialist Cooper DeGene, I can't complain there. I mean, the guy's absolute stud. I'm not going to get into the Minnesota game and what happened there if it's a fair catch or not, but um, he he was a beast. He's an absolute beast return specialist this year for Iowa. No complaints on any of these, really. Yeah, for sure. Uh, what do you think, Kit? I love it. I mean, having a punter on any first, second, or... I mean, for third team this year, I'm kind of surprised to see a Michigan guy on there. But especially for those first two guys, it's really an indictment on your offense more than anything, I feel like, that your punter is getting so many opportunities. But... uh yeah, obviously, Tory Taylor, like the Heisman campaign continues for him. Hoping to see him in New York uh, at the end of the year. Ryan Eckley, um, little note about this. If Ryan or the backup punter at Michigan State decides to transfer, look out for Michael Oshag Hennessy next year. He's the backup punter at Michigan State, and he is the funniest name to say out loud and uh look for him to be on first second or third team next year michael oshag hennessy backup punter at michigan state are you saying he's good or are you just saying he's i I have no idea i have no idea i was like he he punted casual big ten is coming in hot with some backup putters i I just want i wanted him to play he actually transferred into michigan state this year and i was i thought he was going to be the punter i had no idea that they even had more than one punter on the team so I'm hoping that he transfers out this year uh, to a team where he'll get some more opportunities, you know, yeah. maybe to like, a, uh, you know, I, I mean, Michigan State's going to give him a lot of opportunities still next year. But is Tory Taylor a senior? I think so. So let's get him on. I Let's get uh, Michael Oshag at Iowa, Iowa next year. There we go. Yeah, that'd be great. Let's open up the transfer portal and get him over to Iowa. And so we can talk about him a little Please bit. Please tell me this guy has a mullet. No, I don't. Uh, no, he's just he's just normal looking dude. Name, oh, you know what? I don't even think he can play next year. I, I, here we go again. I don't know what class people are in. Says he's a redshirt senior. Does that mean he gets one more year? If he was COVID, he might get another year. Come on, Michael. We need you, brother. We need you to stay in the Big well, Ten. I typed in Michael Oshag Hennessy, and it 
pulled up a guy with a trumpet. So I'm going to say he. <laughs> it might be him. That might could be him. We don't know. I don't. We're see not sure. Any, I don't see any pictures of him with his helmet off, so I don't know. Yeah, if, uh, just just a normal looking dude with an awesome name. No, but uh, in all seriousness, though, like everyone that was on here, like absolutely deserved everything that they got. Um, I I hate that Cooper DeGene's not playing in this game on Saturday. Yeah. Yeah, like I wish that. he was playing. I wish Cade was playing. Eric always playing. It's it's kind of um as a football fan, it's kind of a bummer. Yeah, a big bummer. Especially I hate that for sure. Here but. we go. Here we here he is. You find him? Yeah, got a picture he's of pretty, him. He's a pretty normal Long. dude. Yeah, that's not coming up, is it? Ah. Oh, he's on Twitter. I got his Twitter bio pulled up here. Let's let's pull this up. I'm gonna start following him right now. Up on my second screen over here. Let me see if I can add it. <clears throat> see if that'll. Work. There we go. Okay, here we go. Did you find it? Yeah, there he is. There's the man. Dude, kind of a long face, but you know. I just hope. I hope his skinny. You, that's good. I really just hope his punting style like meshes with Coach Smith's new philosophy and everything, so that he'll be able to like, if he does stay. You know, and Ryan decides to leave or something like that, then we'll get a lot of opportunities for him next year. You know, you just never know with these new coaches, these backup punters, if they're going to get along, you know? Right. Yeah. Because that, that's the most important relationship on the team. It really is. It, it is. It, it, I mean, if that, yeah, if that falls through the cracks, I mean, your whole season can go downhill. So hey, it takes speaking, a lot of time to bend. Speaking of Michigan State, though, I do have to pound my fist on the table for Jonathan. Kim, okay? This dude hit four 50-plus yard field goals this season. Four! I mean, Jaden Fieldy couldn't even hit one. I mean, I guess he did hit one. It just didn't count. But, like, four 50-yard field goals this season. His percentage was down, so everybody can get on him about that. But he didn't kick a single field goal from within 30 yards this year. All of his field goals were from 30 yards plus for Michigan State. Six for six from 30 to 39 yards. He was three for five for 40 to 49 yards. And then four for seven and 50 plus yard field goals. I'm just saying, I think he probably deserved it over one of those other guys, but let's just say. Pretty interesting that they had two guys named Kim score points for them this year. Maybe that's part of the problem. They got too many guys with girls' names that they can't get on the scoreboard more. Well, now that's what I want to figure out. Are Jonathan. I think it's a culture Kim problem, but. And Noah Kim related. No, I don't think. I think we already looked this up. Me and uh, Tommy Hook looked this up. I watched that uh, Iowa game with him, and we were shocked to see that their kicker's name well, was also transferring Kim. out too. So it's just like it's insane. Is Noah Kim transferring, or is it just Hauser? I don't think no. I think Hauser just says I don't think Noah Kim's transferring. I saw a tweet today that said all three of their quarterbacks are transferring. They good. Well, Jonathan Smith better bring in that Childs guy because they're going to need him. That is wild. Not with not with Oshag Hennessy on the sideline. They don't need anything, man. Yeah. You kidding me? Watch him be the only player for Michigan State. Okay. <laughs> He's going to play every position. Hunter He's going to be like a Booby Miles. He can do everything. That'd be great. Just he watch. might have to play quarterback at this point. Yeah. yeah. If they run out of guys. All right, well, we've completely gone off the rails with the awards, but uh, I had fun with it. Hope you guys did, too. Any more thoughts yep. on, you know, uh, anything you guys want to talk about, college football playoffs, awards, Big Ten, any other thoughts you guys want to bring up before we get out of here? I want to know who's going, who, in all seriousness, I know I've been joking about the Heisman, but who is going to be representing the Big Ten at the Heisman Awards? I feel like the best chance is Marv, isn't it? Because I don't think Corum got it. Anyway, I mean, Michigan, I mean, with the touchdowns that he's had, but with – so Michigan's right, had a lot of trash time this year. A lot of trash time. Right, so I like think Corum should have seen the flow games the last three games. But, yeah, Corum, Corum would have been our next bat. I mean, J.J. was de- – you know, it could still be in the mix as well too, but um, at yeah, the same like that time, Penn I think State Marvin Harris was Jr. I feel like that Penn State game is kind of where J.J.'s – stock kind of drop that's the thing like if you were to ask jj hey do you want to run the ball 30 plus times against the number one rushing team in happy valley or do you want to pass the ball and maybe get your stats up he's going to be running the ball 
Right. Well, it's just these guys don't really. Steam really doesn't care about individual awards that much. It'd be cool to have a Michigan player represent the Heisman again and be noted for that, but um, but it, it's just it's just the culture. So I know it, I know it's a little bit past uh, Cyber Monday, but I am selling a preseason Nicholas Singleton Heisman winner ticket to anybody that wants it. It was originally twenty five dollars. I'm willing to get rid of it for ten at this point if anyone's wow. interested. Wow. Got a deal there. Yeah. Just put that out to the people if anyone. Yeah. JR, anyone, anyone messaging, calling in? <laughs> We're not getting the one line right now. We have three nope. viewers right now. <laughs> and none of them are commenting. <laughs> That's a good deal. Um, That's over 50% off. Yeah. I mean, just to go back to the college, I mean, I don't want to take anything away from that, but from Kent, but um, just to take away, just to talk about the college football playoff, like it could be absolute chaos, right? I, I don't think it's, gonna be but um i think it's gonna be georgia i think it's gonna be florida state i don't see florida state getting any further after this just because I mean, their quarterbacks out the last last two weeks but they're finding ways to win Do you um, all agree though florida state is fraudulent they don't belong in the playoffs right now i don't i mean they, i mean look at them in washington they should have lost should have right. lost games that they should have won big points by but they didn't. So Florida State and Washington for sure. But it's any given Saturday, found a way to win, and they they did it. But um, and then Michigan. But I think Oregon beats Washington and finds a way in. I think Oregon file. I think they're going to beat Washington. Washington they should have lost that. a few times. Yeah, they should have lost to Arizona State. They uh, just decided to take that game off, basically. Yeah. Um, but I think yeah, Alabama's no going to beat Georgia. That Is that crazy? It could happen. I just don't think it's going to happen. I mean, Bowers is healthy. He's been back a few weeks now, and I, I just don't think. I thought I it was going to happen. Just losing to Bama. I thought it was going to happen, and then that Auburn game happened. Hmm. Like, but it was like that. Like, what was it? Two years ago, it was like down to the wire too. Yeah, I don't know. I the Iron Bowl. I get like the rivalry thing. Like, you know, I obviously yeah, Ohio State, Michigan, the the the. Records could be as different as possible, but you could still see a really close game between those two teams. But still, like Alabama trying to fight for a playoff spot, and then you go out and you have to win on like what a third and thirty-one or something like that yard pass, like against a. And it's like they're in, they're in a difficult spot because they're because they're ranked, and then Texas is at number seven. So what is yeah. the playoff committee? This is the worst case scenario for the playoff committee to find themselves with. Bama beating Georgia. Bama's eight. Georgia's one. What do you do now with teams ahead of Bama? You can't just jump Bama in, can you? Do they want two SEC teams in the Final Four? Yeah, probably. They they would love it. They'd probably take four if they could. Well, they want two Big Ten teams. If if they're thinking about their TV ratings, they want two Big Ten teams in because you put Ohio State and Michigan in there again, I guarantee you're going to have the biggest rating since Obama made into the White House. Yeah, it's crazy. I mean, honestly, yeah, you're going to get a lot. There's a reason why that game draws, you know, what, nearly 20 million viewers this year. There's a reason why those when those two teams play. Draw so, them. yeah, I mean, it's not going to do anything for Ohio State if Oregon beats Washington because Oregon's just going to jump into the final four and then Washington's going to get pushed out. That's it would just be a replacement within that Pac-12 conference. Yeah. But if Florida State loses and then maybe Bama beats Georgia, I mean, you're Man, if that's going to be a tough. Georgia, that's bad for Ohio State. <laughs> yeah, because you'd almost want to put two SEC teams in it then, or you I... put Texas. I mean, you shouldn't put Texas in there because I feel like Texas should have lost a lot of lot of games now too. I mean, I know Quinn Evers is kind of banged up a little bit and hurt, but um, maybe we got to see Manning though. I think he's gonna yeah. be pretty damn good. I don't think there. I at this point in time, I don't see a path for Ohio State. I mean, obviously anything can happen this Saturday, but I don't see where the combination works out for them to get back in. Even though they are ranked right on the what are they six right they're now? Six. six. They're six. Yeah. So yeah. I just don't see the path right now for them. I mean, maybe I'm being a little pessimistic about that, but no, it, it's not likely. But the path, I think, Florida if it's State. Happen, if... It would be Florida State loses, Texas loses, and. Um, Alabama loses. You have to have all three of those teams lose, which one of those is likely because Georgia's favorite over Alabama, but the two others are are underdogs. Um, so because then it would be what 
Georgia, Michigan, Washington, or Oregon, and then okay, I guess you're right. Yeah, because yeah, they wouldn't right. have they would, I mean, let, let's say Oregon beats Washington. I mean, there's no way, there's not a chance in hell they're going to put two Pac-12 teams in there. If Oregon beats Washington, they're not going to put both of them in there. It's just not going to happen. Especially no not way. if they play championship. Not that conference. That. Not a conference that's dismantling either. That plays absolutely zero defense ever. So I, I think if Florida State loses, they're. I mean, that's kind of a that's kind of a mess for the committee too. Because I don't know if Florida State loses, then I feel like Ohio State would have to get in. I feel but like that Texas... would be their best shot. If Texas wins, though, I think they have Texas jump Ohio State because they're a conference champion. Because they, they love conference champions. They played an extra game. So, yeah, Texas would win and they beat Bama. So, if Bama puts up a tough fight, that just builds Texas' resume up as well, too. And it was on the road. That's exclusive. If somehow it is, though, Michigan, the Pac-12 team, and then Ohio State sneaks in, I'm claiming all three of those teams as Big Ten teams. Yes. All of them. Yes, we're gonna have three in the playoffs if that happens. That's what I'm gonna. I'm I'm claiming that. Yeah, well, I think all those games are played on uh, in in 2024 too. So mm, yeah, you can say, nice. hey, big mm-hmm. two teams in 2024. Yeah, you can. Hey, that's how they're recruiting already. They already have the Big Ten patches on their jerseys. So yeah. Yeah. there's also a chance that Texas and Michigan meetups. A slight chance that Texas and Michigan meet up, and they play the opening game, I believe, sure. next year as well. Not, not the opening game, but um, okay. in the first few weeks. Okay, is it week so. two? I week think it's week two, two or week three. Okay, nice. Let me check real quick. Yeah, that's gonna nice. be a really fun game, especially with I think Quinn Ewers said he's coming back, so seeing Quinn Ewers play potentially. Defense. Yeah, and then Will what Johnson Manning's gonna do is. Well, Johnson will still be there. Sab will still be there. Moore will still be yep. there. So it's going to be a good I mean, secondary for Michigan again. That's the thing, too. Like, where is Manning? Does Manning stay in Texas then, or does he move on? I feel like Murphy's more likely to move on than Manning. Malik yeah. Murphy, the backup there. All right, let's start hour two of this podcast. A transfer portal time. Let's do it. <laughs> Where's everybody going? Let's get our predictions in right now before anybody else does. Cam Ward to Ohio State, Malik Murphy to Alabama. Riley Leonard to Michigan. I saw he had a crystal ball to Notre Dame. Second second game, Texas is in Ann Arbor. Okay, second game. game. My and name we is got Fresno Texas State week though. one. Who's week one? We have Fresno State. We actually got a really oh. tough schedule next year. I know it's going to be hard to believe for some of you Sakai fans, but we got a hey. – uh, Hey, Ohio pretty, State has a terrible schedule next good. year. Yeah, but well, yeah, you guys do. So you guys can't talk anymore. But you guys do have, I believe, Texas also coming up in the future. In the Alabama future, yeah. coming up in the future. Georgia coming up in the future as well, too. So you guys got a few um, challenging non-conference games as well, yeah. too. We also had Oklahoma on the docket coming up eventually too in future schedules. Yeah, no, we we need a we need an easy schedule uh, swap with you guys, so that way you guys can give it back to Ohio State after Ohio State gave it to you a ton this year. Yeah, so <laughs> it just makes yeah. things right in the world when Ohio State fans yeah give it to Michigan and then Michigan gives it right back the next year. It's just a trade. Yeah. It's just a trade. It's, it's the rivalry. So, yeah. All right, let's finish this up, guys. Thanks so much for coming on. Appreciate you both, uh, Jason. Good luck in the Big Ten championship. Uh, Thank I'm you. Here. I'll wash my mouth out with soap after uh, this podcast since I said that, but uh, well deserved. Thank you. Do. Uh, good, good, do. good team. Definitely a playoff team. So thanks for coming on, guys. Uh, like I said, please go check out Victor's Nation with Jason over there and Casual Big Ten with Kent. Uh, both great podcasts. Enjoy listening to them. Have a great day, guys, and see you all next time. Thanks, everyone. Thanks, Jared.